This is episode number 215, and today we'll talk about whether or not Christianity needs to evolve. Welcome to the Practical Christian Podcast. My name is Travis Albritton, your friendly neighborhood Bible teacher. Each week, we'll dive into the tips, tricks, and hacks that you can implement in your daily life to become a more effective Christian. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump into your daily dose of practical Christian training. So it's been interesting to see public opinion concerning Christianity make a considerable shift recently, at least here in the United States, where calls for love and tolerance towards certain people groups has become the anthem of change prescribed by community leaders. And there have even been direct assaults on Christians simply living out their convictions because it doesn't square with today's cultural standards. So it raises the question, does Christianity need to evolve? Does it need to change? Does it need to to modernize, to get with the times, to get on board with what the rest of the world has concluded is the correct way to live or the correct way to see the world and everyone in it? Do we as Christians need to embrace certain modern practices and ways of thinking to stay relevant in the world around us? And the answer is, well, it depends. It depends on what you're asking to evolve. And something that I want to kind of get back to that, that we've talked about on the podcast before that I think is really relevant is the idea of exegesis and hermeneutics. So if you've heard me use those words before, um, then they should be relatively familiar to you. If you haven't, those are just two steps that you take when you are reading the Bible to make sure that you're interpreting it correctly. And so exegesis simply means that you were trying to discover the writer's original message as communicated to the letter's recipients or the book's recipients, right? So when Paul wrote the letter, what did he mean? What was he trying to say? And how did the people that he wrote the letter to receive it? What did they think that it meant, right? So that is exegesis. You always do that first. Now, hermeneutics is how do we take that intent and apply it to our lives today? How do we take what Paul wrote to a church 2,000 years ago and apply it to our lives today in America and Australia and Canada and in, in Europe and Asia, right? So exegesis does not change, right? The original intent of the writer does not change and should never evolve. But hermeneutics, on the other hand, it evolves all the time. And in fact, from day to day, you know, sometimes the correct way to apply a certain scripture changes because the situation, the culture, the environment we're in changes. But the, the underlying principle remains the same. Does that make sense? So, so let's talk about two instances or two specific things that Christians are being told, you need to get with the times, you guys need to evolve in these two areas. And so we're not going to stay comfortable and, and sit around the edges. We're going to dive straight into two of the most divisive issues of modern Western culture. All right. So I hope... Hope you don't get offended here. <laughs> so the first one is how the church views uh, the LGBTQ community, right? Which is lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer. There has been ever increasing pressure for the church to openly embrace gay and transgender people. And there are even some, some kind of beginnings of uh, 
certain government organizations coming after private Christian schools for not uh, admitting openly gay staff members and students, right? And so to choose not to do so, to choose to not you know openly and gay, openly embrace gay and transgender people, or to even point out that the Bible says homosexuality is unnatural and sinful, to the rest of the world is practically the same as physically assaulting that person. <laughs> That's about what it's come to at this point. Um, but when it comes to what the Bible teaches, the exegesis is really firm and the hermeneutics is really clear, right? Homosexuality is is unnatural. It's not God's intent. You know, that's not to say that there aren't some psychological, physiological things going on that lead someone to have either gender dysphoria where they, they feel like they're, you know, a man trapped in a woman's body or vice versa, or, you know, that lend themselves to, to feeling attracted to people of the same sex. I'm not saying that there aren't other things that are going on, but I am saying that, you know, from God's perspective and for what God teaches, those things are unnatural and sinful, right? And so just like you wouldn't want someone to just indulge every woman desire if it had to do with doing crystal meth, you know, we, we don't just um, submit to every woman desire and fancy that we have. And so that's one of those things where if you feel tempted to, to engage in a homosexual lifestyle, then following Jesus means denying that part of yourself. And the exegesis is really firm, and the hermeneutics is really clear on that, all right? So another area is abortion, right? In the U.S., particularly, there's an increasing amount of support for women to, to be able to abort their children for various reasons in the name of reproductive rights. Somehow, by allowing women to have abortions, um, you're preserving their right to their own reproductive organs or something like that. Um, and to be against that, to say that, no, 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 I want that child to have a chance at life, even if you don't want it, now means that you hate women and are a misogynist. And so you need to update your standards, update your cultural you know, norms to embrace this new perspective and, and mindset towards abortion. And so, so that's the question. Should Christians accept abortion as a part of life, necessary to allow for people to Engage in unrestricted sexual relationships without signing up for the responsibility that parenthood entails. Because that's kind of what's at the root of this, right? <laughs> if you say that people can't have abortions or shouldn't have abortions, well then, how about all of the you know unrestricted sexual relationships that leads to those unwanted pregnancies? What are we going to do about that? Um, so, should we accept that? Well, the answer is no. The answer is no, we should not accept that. Um, and just to give you a really interesting uh, anecdote to to kind of drive that home, uh, something that the early Christians were known for uh, in the Roman Empire, which was you know predominant in the the time of the the new church when it was first coming uh, into its own, it was common for parents if they didn't want their children, didn't want their babies to just throw them on the trash heap outside of town. If they just didn't, they didn't want the child. Either it was the wrong gender, they wanted a boy and they got a girl, or there was something wrong with the child, they would just throw the baby on the dumpster dumpster pile because they didn't want it anymore. And the early Christians were known to frequent those same trash heaps looking for babies who had been discarded so that they could bring them home and raise them as their own. Now, I don't know of a more powerful image of, you know, being a light to the world than that. And so, you know, that's, that's always convicting to me, right? Um, so in each of these instances in regards to how we treat 
and, and, and what our stance is with the LGBT community. And with abortion, the Bible is clear, and we should feel confident standing behind the line in the sand that God has drawn and not feel uh, bullied or pressured into wavering on that, right? There's, there's nothing to be ashamed of in standing for what God stands for. So those things should, ne- should not evolve, right? The hermeneutics and, and the exegesis show us that we need to stand firm in those areas. But there are other areas where, yeah, we should change and we should continue to change into the future. Things like how we use technology, how we communicate with one another in, inside of our ministries, ministry best practices. We're learning new things all the time that are helping us be more effective in helping people grow closer to God and, and reach the lost, which is really exciting, right? And even things like vocational choices, you know, how and in what manner does someone pursue full-time ministry is always changing. You know, like one of my big dreams is to be able to be fully self-supported doing full-time ministry. And that's something that, you know, is used to be a lot harder than it is now. And so it's really exciting to see all those things changing and, and seeing the church grow and, and use these new tools at our disposal to share the message of God more effectively than we ever have before. Right. And, and, you know, for instance, there's nothing wrong with using the Bible on your phone. There, there's, that should be something we embrace that now the Bible is more accessible than ever. All right. So, so those are my thoughts, right? Should Christianity evolve? Well, it depends. It depends on what you're asking it to do. If you're asking Christians to uh, reject the, the heart and the intent of God's moral standards, then the answer is no. If you're asking Christians to evolve in the sense of using new tools and technologies and methods and, you know, applying the, the principles in the Bible to our lives in new and exciting ways, then yeah, we should evolve. We should continue to press forward to try and be more effective, right? And I just want to kind of close out with some thoughts from the Apostle Peter, who was much more, uh, who was much smarter than me and a lot more wise than me in these areas. And I think this is a really good way to, uh, to close out this episode. And he says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you do not join in with them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Now the world may look at us with confusion and disgust, but we do not belong to the world. So let's make sure that we're living like it. That is it for today. I know this was kind of a downer episode, but I think these kind of conversations are really important. If you liked this episode and you want me to do more of them, leave a review in Apple Podcasts and let me know that, yeah, I want you, I want you to do more episodes like this. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to all my patrons who help keep this podcast ad-free and support it financially. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And if this episode convicted you or if you learned something new, please pass it along to someone that you know would benefit from listening to it. Every day is an opportunity to grow closer to God and make a positive impact on the people around you. Take action with what you've learned and help make the world a little more like heaven. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.